to start this game. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Line Brawl podcast. I am one of your wonderful hosts, Chris Smith, and joining alongside me is one of my best friends for the past 14 years. He is a social media guru. You've probably seen his TikToks. All eyes on me, Jimmy G, James Gantis. Thank you for that, Chris. Um, yeah, I am blowing up on TikTok. It's a huge deal. If you haven't seen my follower count, it's it's massive now. So I think we're almost at, at 5,000, I yeah, think. Yeah, and that's all because uh, I realized you guys like seeing Marshawn get hit. So I've just been peppering that on growing like crazy. Well, you know what, James? I think this is something that more than Habs fans can appreciate. And that's why it's growing so quickly. That's right? what it is. I think every every NHL fan would love to see Marshawn get hit by Subban every time. Yeah. He was just going so fast, and all his momentum stopped in one second. I know. It was probably one of my favorite things to ever happen in that series, I would say. But uh, I think we're about to talk to the current Montreal Canadian situation and that's a big 4-2 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, yeah. Chris, and... I made Chris watch this game because he doesn't care about the Habs like I do. So, no. Chris, what's from from someone who doesn't watch the Habs at all, you give me your take. Or doesn't watch the Habs as much as me, give me your take on yeah. it. Who, who stood out yeah, for he... you? Well, here's what I would say very quickly. I think that Thomas Tatar has definitely had a bit of an improvement from the beginning of the season, which I'm very happy to see. I think he's a lot more active on the ice. I think he's actually like chasing pucks, which he's actually useful for. He's good at the front of the net, which I think is really helpful. He's been improving a lot. Um, I mean, Jake Allen, he's just such a dependable backup goalie. I think that's someone that's just been... It's really been missing in the Montreal Canadiens for so long. Such right? such you said it perfect. Such a dependable backup goalie. We don't yeah. like we don't even feel that much when Price has not had the best season in all honesty and we're not even feeling it when he's out right now, which is great. And if you if you can get back, then go back to a 1-2 punch. That's great goaltending. Yeah. And that's exactly it. I mean, really a lot of what we're doing right now is giving Carey Price a lot of breaks before the playoffs and you know what? Finally, you know, when has Carey Price probably ever had this relaxed of a regular season before going into a playoffs before? Yeah, usually he's grinding it out and then he comes in exhausted. Or he comes in and steals the show and Chris Kreider, that motherfucking piece of shit, goes <laughs> skates first into him. Yep, I remember that vividly too. Yeah, I he slide tackled him. Well, it's because he looks like the Twilight Zone villain of Chris Kreider. That's what Chris Kreider looks like, right? So I just like... I've never trusted the guy, and I hate the Rangers, man. But that's just me. I don't, uh, I don't care for them very much. What do you hate but... about them specifically? You know what? I think it's just being like, for context, I'm a big Canucks fan, so I've never liked them since '94. I've never liked them even a little bit. I've never enjoyed Mark Messier very much. I understand that he was a fantastic player, but he's got a bald head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that bald head, man. <laughs> And he loves Lay's yeah. chips. Yeah. You cannot oh, man. get your Lay's chips from that guy. Yeah. Anyways, here's my take on the game. I thought the game was played very well. They started out hot, and finally, usually they start out hot, and then they don't score. We got a lucky one. The first one was lucky, and then Suzuki sniped. That one's not lucky at all. I mean, that, that guy's been all year so impressive. Yeah, super, super pre impressive on both sides. 
that uh, he he did like sort of slow down. He started off really hot, points wise. Slowed down in the middle. And now he's starting to pick it up again. You can see him starting to make some plays, and uh, hopefully he can cruise right on to the playoffs with that mindset. Yeah, James, I want to talk to you a little bit about because I think I love the game. First of all, fun fact for Montreal fans: this is the first time that Jack Campbell's been beaten this year. He was eleven zero and zero before we came yep. here. You know. And this is what I mean. As much as I think James and I both firmly believe that Toronto's going to come out of the North Division, the greatest thing about playoff hockey is if they play the Montreal Canadiens in the first round, that is a toss-up series. They don't want that one. And they I, do and not I, want yeah. that smoke. Like, like Chris said, <clears throat> we, we both think Toronto's going to make it. Toronto has the best team they've ever had. They can score on a wit's notice. Is that an expression? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it seems so easy for them to score goals. Matthews is a goal-scoring machine. I'm a Mitch Marner hater. I'm a pure Mitch Marner hater, and he's been great this season. Um, sorry, I just want to touch back on the game real quick. Alexander go, go. Romanov was a bully out there. Bullying, yeah. bullying everyone out there, just causing problems, pissing people off. He was my. You know, he didn't get recognized as one of the three stars, but he was my star. I don't want to draw too many parallels, but uh, Montreal once had a very prominent <laughs> Russian bully on defense, who the Boston Bruins did not like at all. Alexei uh, the robot. Yes, exactly. And uh, what do you think? Do you think that he he has potential to kind of be as much of a disturbance? You can't match the robot. It was, I couldn't, can't even imagine, like, I can't even tell you what it was like when Alexi Emlin was on the team. He would, he would extend his arm and the guy would be crushed into the boards. Someone would go to hit him. They'd be flat on the ground. He had weird robot strength. Romanov is just an aggressive bastard. Romanov just is a bull. He just digs in, digs his skates in and goes for it every time. So they're kind of different, but they both love throwing their weight around. I will say one big thing that I love about Alexi Emelin is he had one of my favorite moments in playoff hockey, and that was during, I believe it was a few years ago, when they were finishing up their series against the Boston Bruins, and that wonderful handshake line that he went through with Milan Lucic, where he physically stopped the rest of the handshake to confront this Russian robot about how much of an asshole he was during the series. You might be thinking of Dale Weiss. He did both. Did he do 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 both? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, he hated Emlyn, and Emlyn would just. Uh, I remember the first game, the first ten seconds of like game three, he flipped Lucic over his shoulders, and then Chara just came in and pounded him in the face. <laughs> but then they went on a about... they went on a power play and scored. What my favorite thing about Alexi Emelin is, is that I don't think he's ever thought he's done anything wrong once in his life. No, he just skates off, and he's like, no, I can't fight the uh, face broken. What? Face broken, what? can't I fight, fl- sorry. I flipped him over, what, why you fight? <laughs> he, that was the best thing ever, how he couldn't fight because of his face. So he, he could just, like, he had a license to be the biggest piece of shit of all time and never have to answer the bell for it. I can't. You know my face. You don't touch. You know my face. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so again, going off on that little sidetrack thing, there's one little thing before we get to the trade deadline from a Montreal Canadiens context. You now have in your possession 
the most recent Hobie Baker winner in Cole Caulfield. Oh yeah. He's a he's a what? short king. I know we talked about this before in some maybe lost episodes of the podcast, but do you think you can tell me a little bit about what are you expecting from this guy? What type of immediate impact will this guy make? Well, I have been watching, looking for comparables. DeBrincat's his biggest comparable, I'd say. DeBrincat had a 40-goal yes, season, size. obviously, but playing with Patrick Kane. So don't expect that. Would do it. Don't expect that. And then another one who's comparable, who's only played two games now, Nick Robertson. Have you seen him play? Yes, I did. I remember I watched a lot of him last year in the playoffs against Columbus. He was kind of one of their few shining bright yeah. glimmers of hope. Yeah, in that he just rips. Series. He just rips pucks on net. Hasn't had a goal yet. One of the few few Toronto players I like. I like watching. Um, I think he's going to be a better version of that. He's going to be a better version of Nick Robertson. He seems to be able to get open uh, more effectively, and this kid mm-hmm. can go top cheese like nobody's business he yep. just he can he can go top shelf from behind the net so one of the one of the great things that i've seen from him uh i don't know if i would go so far as to say that he has that similar finish but i think a good comparable and i've watched this guy a lot because as you know i'm a big Canucks fan from a shot standpoint reminds me a lot of elias Pettersson in terms of how he can finish Okay. That is an in-and-out puck. Yeah, yeah. Um, right? I'm not saying he'll be that player. I'm not saying he will reach that ceiling, but he has that potential in my mind. Elias Pettersson as a... Yeah, Elias Pettersson, another example of a skinny guy who doesn't weigh a lot but can absolutely fling that puck in and out of the net. Um, I think they're they're kind of different players. Caulfield's just always north-south focused on sniping. Mm-hmm. He's always, and if he can't, he doesn't think he can score. He's just firing it on net as hard as he can, get it, creating a rebound. He has a quick release. I'm really excited and to see what he can do. You got to let me know. How are how are his hands? Like, how what's he like in the neutral zone? Like, what can he produce? He's speedy. He's got those quick little hands, and he's got decent vision, too. Like, I'm just hoping he can play with the big boys and it's not yeah that it won't wear down on him too much like i said he's a short king yeah he is a short king i've always this said one of if i was six foot two i'd be in the nhl and this guy's five foot six <laughs> the yeah. same as me <laughs> and he's in the nhl so he's he's he took the hard road you know what james you were born in the wrong era man i you was know. i look at like theo uh... flurry and stuff like i'm like i could have done that I remember, like our our roughly our relation, uh, people were really big on power forwards, and uh, that's true. You know what? You just did not fit that description, buddy. I'm sorry. I tried to be a power forward in my <laughs> brief hockey career. I would just like go to run kids, and I'd get like a big hit. man. I got dummied so many times playing hockey. <laughs> 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 it was not fun. Oh my god! But my hands are, are filth, and my shot, filth. Damn. Uh, speaking of filth, who do you think has the dirtiest angles in the NHL right now? If you were to really kind of like process it, because a lot of people think, you know, when they're looking at Patrick Kane, people are still under the impression that he's kind of going back for that crown a little bit. People kind of wrote him off because of the Chicago Blackhawks not being a good team. 
And I'm having a hard time kind of thinking, you know, really about who has great hands that are comparable to Patrick Kane. But one guy that's coming to mind, and I don't know how many Avalanche games that you watch, but I've seen Kale McCarr a lot this year. Pride of the Brooks Bandits. This guy is unbelievable. Like, I think he... I, I know that it's like a it's a it's a heavy call for me to say. I think he could reach a higher ceiling than Pete Carlson could. Then who Carlson? Eric Carlson. Oh, you say E Carlson? No one calls him E yeah. Carlson. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I was just listening to the Chicklets podcast. They had um they had his his college coach in, and they he was just like. Man, I've been telling everyone from day one, this guy skates like McDavid, and no one took me seriously when I say that, and now you can see, like, he he is such a freak skater, he can just, his edges are insane, our good, good buddy Chase said uh, he saw him live, he saw him when he was playing for his college team, and he got four breakaways as a defenseman in a game, like, what the fuck is that? Well, what makes him that special is that it's a combination of his ability to do that while not being a defensive liability either. Yeah, that's what really back. separates him. Yeah, he actually forechecks and he doesn't pinch crazy times in the offensive zone. Right, but you know, I, I will say Colorado didn't add a ton of pieces, which uh, we're gonna get to now because I really want to talk to you, Jimmy, about the trade deadline. Trade deadline yeah. recap. Yep, it's uh, one day post-deadline, and there was a lot going on. And, you know, do you want to tell me a little bit about what do you think some winners and losers are? Um, honestly, hate to say it. I hate to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto's a winner. Ugh, I know. I like. I really like the move of getting Nick Felino. You had to pay a first for it, but that was the price. I'm sure a lot of people wanted him. When you have a guy that has 24-hour, like, amphetamine eyes every time you play him, like, you want that on your team. This yeah, guy is terrifying. He's just, like, he's just an animal, and he's going to work harder than you. He's not the most skilled, but he's he's going to work harder than you for it, and he cares. He fucking cares. He yeah. wants that W. Um, let's talk about the weird trades. Okay, but before Jake, we do, do okay. like, how many Jake. captains? How many captains do you think Toronto has now? I, I just like saw it. I just six? saw it on um, TSN or Sportsnet. They have like twelve or thirteen guys that have wore a letter on their team. Yeah, it's it's. I I don't know. I I I am hard pressed for them to find a challenger in the North Division. But it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. But uh, weird trades. What's the weird trade you want to talk about? The weird trade. Um, Jacob Verona. Uh, let me get the full trade here. Jacob Verona, Richard yeah. Panic, a first and a second for Anthony Mantha. This one's a head-scratcher. What do you... Yeah, I mean, it is... Because just looking at it, you see Jacob Verona. You you look at their DBs, and I I have Verona in my fantasy, so I'm I'm watching him sometimes, and he's good. He got scratched. He got healthy a couple times this year, but he's very skilled. Mantha, I remember that draft. I wanted the boys to take him, but they he ended up getting picked by Detroit three picks early. I think we got Nikita Sherback, who was a bust, <laughs> big bust. <laughs> 
Anthony Mantha, he's got size and he's got a cannon. So if he can just, and he he can actually move. So if he can just figure it all out, and there's games where he does figure it out, he's amazing. But man, Jacob Verena and Mantha, comparable stats. And then to give a first and a second on top of that. And similar age also. <sighs> what do you think, Chris? I'm just... Well, I'm looking at the... Because uh, uh, I have a similar feeling. and I'm, So that's why I'm kind of going on cat-friendly. Because I want to know, like, this has got to be a money thing. No. Right? So, I so agree. Panic, it's not equitable. Panic's a bit of a cap dump. But what's he getting paid? Like 2.7 a year? Yeah. Like, uh, let me see what I... Yeah, he was 2... Well, act, well, well, Vrano was three point three five. I'll took it. I'll make it take a look at Panic at Panix. Uh, he's two point seven five. Yeah. And like, let's see what so, we. So you're not clearing that much cap room. Like it's not the end of the world contract with Richard Panic. He can still play. You can slot him in on the fourth. It's not the end of the world. They they must see well, something in Mantha. They must think. I think that's yeah. Yeah, so, I so, think you hit it right on the head. So they won the cup. When they won the cup in uh, what was it, twenty eighteen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had yes. they had the biggest team I think in weight and height in the NHL, and I think maybe they're going for that. They like Anthony Mantha's a big boy. They like having a big top six, and I think that has shown to be a successful approach when uh, building a team for deep runs in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I think when you're looking at the situation as well, Anthony Mantha just started his new contract. So he's got this year and then three more years afterwards at an at an AAV of $5.7 million. And if Washington thinks that he can hit the ceiling that a lot of people think he can, that has the potential to be a steal. Yeah, yeah. Potential. Potential, exactly. It's a pretty big price to pay. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, I like, well, I love Washington's kind of going for it a little bit. I'm kind of, but you have to when you're that. It's they're in the hardest division in the NHL. You have to compete every day to fight for a playoff spot, right? Yeah. Because one yeah. of those teams is not making the playoffs, and they deserve to. I think we can be very real in saying that the North Division is not a strong division. Right, it's, it is. Uh, there, it's yeah. I mean, there there are four teams that can play, and one team, one team has COVID nineteen spread throughout eighty five percent of the roster, so they're disqualified. Yeah. And then Calgary. The other having, team is Ottawa. Yeah, the other team is Ottawa, and then there's Calgary, who's having a freak bad season. Nothing is going right at all. So it seems like this top four has been solidified a month ago. Yeah, and it's it's hard. I don't know, I don't know where Calgary goes from here. Holy shit, man! They have a tough. I love Calgary. I'm a bird of boy. I think, and you have to understand. Like, I wasn't like I was more concerned when Calgary took Markstrom away from us because as soon as I saw that, I understand that he's had a great two seasons, but he's already in his early thirties, and you're giving him six million dollars. For five more years after this. I think Markstrom's not the problem. I, oh, he's not. Markstrom, what? I saw him, like, I mean, I, I only know against the, I've only really watched them play the Habs this year, so I haven't kept a super close eye on Calgary, but he, he 
Markstrom was really good the games I saw, and he was really good for Vancouver last year. Um, yeah. I think, man, that yeah. you got to break up the boys. Johnny Hockey, yeah. Monaghan. you got to break those guys up. Just so I, see what you can I've get been seeing, I've been seeing some very interesting pr- trade proposals, and I'm wondering what your thoughts on, on this one, because Johnny Gaudreau has been linked to the Philadelphia Flyers for, I want to say, the past three He's years. He's a Philly boy. Yeah. And uh, the main piece that I see a lot of Calgary Flames that are intrigued about coming the other way, obviously this isn't a one-for-one, this would be more intangibles, but the main piece coming back would be Travis Konechny. Konechny is good. Yeah. Man, Konechny's, the thing is, you can make a case Konechny's a more effective player than Johnny Gaudreau. I mean, in this, it's sort of like in that stage where it's like, yeah, we the, this NHL is... You know why I think people are really annoyed with Johnny Gaudreau is that his era that he's playing in the NHL, you should have no excuse for not producing as a small forward at his skill. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't really have a shot. He His shot is a bit of a tough one. So and yeah. he, he's similar to Marner. I mean, not that... I just watched the games because I love watching them lose. I love a Leafs loss as much as I love a Habs win. But um, Marner, like you, you watch him play, and if he's not, if he's not on, he's so off, and he's turning the puck over, and he's such a liability, and that's kind of like Johnny Gaudreau. Like he goes for those, those one in ten sort of. If if the pass goes through, it's a tap in, but if it doesn't, it's a turnover, and he goes for those a lot. Like he's either he's going for a plus plays, and they're just not yep. always panning out. Yeah, I mean it, that's. And again, it's the same thing where, what do you do with Sean Monahan? Because I know Sean Gaudreau Monaghan seems just looks like a dumbass, eh? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Some of you might not know this, but uh, the longest nickname that we had for Sean Monahan throughout university and high school was a uh, fart face Monahan because it looks <laughs> <What>? like <laughs> he he just looks dumb. Like he just got hit in the head by a two by four, and his eyes his or, eyes sort of have that so... dead look to it. Or someone just like, like, bare ass like rip something <laughs> on them. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't know what to do with them, man. I I don't know what I know. Goudreau will get some good pieces back. I think he's young enough that he can still have a career resurgence. I want the Habs but... to get him. I'm a, I have a Johnny Hockey jersey. Yeah, I love you guys... Johnny Hockey. <laughs> I, I know that's the Montreal Canadiens' M.O. to pick an undersized, speedy <laughs> Get a guy. small, skilled my... <laughs> forward. Trade him one for one for Jonathan Drouin. Yeah. It, it, I can't stress this enough that it is so not what you guys need at all. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, I that's wanna... fair. Here's another thing that I'm curious about. I think, like, I, I don't want you to pick McDavid. I want you to pick... What's a player that you actually think is you could tangibly one day see the Montreal Canadiens acquiring, but what was, like, what's a player that would, like, totally change that dynamic of a roster? Because everyone has one, right? Who is a player that you would, like, love to see fit in the Montreal? Like, what are they missing? What are they lacking? What's one player that can fill it? And don't say McDavid. (laughs) Or, like, or, like, McKinnon. (laughs) You're leaving me in a tough spot here, guys. (laughs) (laughs) They need fucking goals. They need someone who can put the puck in the net consistently they had that in patch but fuck oh, i wasn't using it anyways i was gonna have a 
<laughs> doesn't matter. They had Patrietti. <laughs> Patrietti was consistent goals. And um, he just didn't... He wasn't good enough in other areas. That's why he was expendable. We didn't need him. We need... Like, what do you want me to say? I'm not going to say Austin Matthews. i got to think of a player... Who's just like, what's a realistic... Goals? Just a... Yeah, a realistic player. Like, one that you can actually, like, pursue in a trade or a sign. I, I wanted Taylor Hall for a while. And I'm really interested to see... I, I thought when that deal happened, the the infamous um, Subban for Weber, I thought they, they would have been willing to take Subban one for one for uh, Hall as well. I didn't see why that was a poss- wasn't a possibility. So I've always wanted to see what Hall would be like. He's big. He'll go fucking headfirst into the board. He has no regard for his body whatsoever. And uh, he, he's big and fast and can score. Not this season, but I'd like to see Taylor Hall on the Habs. Yeah. I, I like that. I enjoy that. I think that's like a tangible thing. Like, I mean, I think you guys have gotten like, obviously... It's, it's a challenge, right? Because Tyler Toffoli did so well, but I think everyone knew that it would be impossible for him to maintain the pace that he would be otherwise accustomed to, right? Like, I don't know. And it's like, the fact of the matter is, Tyler Toffoli can only play the Vancouver Canucks so many times, right? So <laughs> This is true. <laughs> you know? There are other teams. Um, Toffoli's, Toffoli's been really good. Both their signings have, been, have worked out really well. Josh Anderson's a different animal. Than Tyler Toffoli. Tyler Toffoli, in my opinion, great, but Josh Anderson, oh my god. Where do you think that ranks as, as one of Bergevin's like best signings? Um, well that was a trade technically. What, for Toffoli, you mean? Yeah. Toffoli is a good one. I, I my favorite signing ever was Radulov out of the KHL for Mark Bergevin. Because mm. Radulov was so good on the Habs. He, he was made awesome. team so good. And I can't remember who they got out to, but it was fucking first round or second round. And I couldn't believe they didn't sign him. But he did want too much. He wanted he wanted too much terms. So it was a tough one. He was our best player, though, Radulov. And he was my favorite signing that MB has done. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know. But... What about, uh, talk to me about a, I'm going to talk to you about a loser on the trade deadline. I want to see what you think about this. They were talking about it on TSN, and I kind of tend to agree with them. But, you know, when you look at a team like the Carolina Hurricanes and how active they've been in past deadlines and how little they did this year, it's hey, either hey, a hey. very... Com- they acquired, um, they actually traded Hayden Fleury for Yanni Hakanpa, <laughs> who's a... <laughs> Massive Finnish man. <laughs> he's yeah. just a giant Finn. Has one point. Maybe that's like the. That's the maybe that's the one thing that the Hurricanes need to put them over the edge. You know, just one oversized Finn. Couldn't hurt. But I don't see it. I just like I I was, I think I was really disappointed. I like I love Carolina actually. I think that they're a great team. Uh, I loved getting to watch Svechnikov in the playoffs last year. I love getting to watch a guy like Sebastian Ajo. Yeah, Sebastian Ajo is amazing. I remember seeing... Um, so that draft, what was it? The Kokanyemi draft. It went Dalin, Svechnikov, and Kokanyemi. And not Kok. Yeah, but like it, it was a huge drop-off, all the scouts were saying, after two. And I looked at Svechnikov's 
stats and i was like why is he such a like because dalian was obvious dalian looked like a phenom and then you look yeah. at number two and sveshnikov had comparable stats to the others kind of and then i look at a picture of him this guy was a fucking meat baby he looked like he, he was jacked he did not look like an 18 year old he looked like a 28 year old and then he's just, he's a man it's it's the same thing that I'm dealing with Vancouver with in Vasily Podkolzin, who is our recent pick. Humongous yeah. guy. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, like these are <laughs> men. They could kick my ass, and I'm 27 years old. They could beat me up when they were 15, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I think that they're still in a very good spot. I think that they have the potential to take it. Very, I just when you have a team like Tampa who is still so good, and they go out and get a guy like David Savard. I I mean, because I think we... Like, how does Tampa even begin to bolster their team? Like, look at the tangible... First of all, you can improve on, on goaltending. They have the best goaltender in the entire world. Just right now, do you think they repeat? I think it's the best chance of a repeat I've seen. Like, I, I didn't expect the Pens to repeat, obviously. Um... I think they can. I think they definitely can. They're getting Kucherov back for the playoffs. Yeah, right. That's so like, it, like the way that that worked out so perfectly for them. It's like, oh, yeah. He 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 went down. They signed Austin Zernak and Anthony Sorelli immediately <laughs> yeah. out of RFA's. It was like the biggest. Like they. I remember. I remember when this was happening. TSN was talking about this every day. What is Tampa going to do? And then Kucherov just ruins himself for the entire season. They're He's like, like yep. Eld. <laughs> Guess I'm out Long-term for the whole season. Long-term injured reserve. <laughs> Long-term injured reserve, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think they're probably to Kucherov's? Like, you want a break for the year? Just, like, you want to oh, come back for the playoffs? Almost, almost certainly. They're, like, they're really, yeah. like, in talks. Make sure all the money's yeah. right. Yeah. He's like, Cooch, you don't want to play in... Sorry, what were you saying? He's like, Cooch, you don't want to play in the bubble, right? <laughs> like, you're making, you're making nine million. Just go back to Russia for a little bit. Have some fun. Just make sure you're working out. Come back for the playoffs. Score twenty goals and so twenty points in sixteen games. He's not gonna like lose. That. He's not gonna lose what he has. He has no. He no. has like innate <laughs> skill. Like you can't teach what Kucherov has. When I remember the first, first time. What were you gonna say? I remember the first time. Do you remember that shootout goal that he did, where it was basically he looked like he was deking somebody out, and he didn't, and he ended up just not moving the puck at all, and it just yeah, slid. Yeah, like the phantom the t- move. Yeah. Oh, man. I remember one of his first years, he went to the Olympics, and Ovechkin said that's the best player he's ever played with. Yeah. And he was, and everyone, like, Kucherov had had good seasons, but nothing crazy, and then you just watch him play. He's so stupidly skilled. He's like Russian Crosby. Yeah. I, I And it's the same thing. I, it's almost like... It's, a, it's frustrating because I wish that I could watch more Tampa Bay Lightning games, but it's just, you know, it doesn't really, like, fall that high on the priority chart, right? And it's just a shame that they're in, like, Florida. I'm sure just, like, I guess the 11 people that appreciate them there is, is great, but, yeah. you know. Florida's he's probably having a... Spreading COVID-19. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? I think there's no... Nobody has more fun than a Russian who plays in Florida. Like, they are... (laughs) They're just living the life, the sun, just getting absolutely shittered every weekend. Just, like, having the best time. They fucking live for it. They're like, what? It's not snow? This is best. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Taxes low, sun good, cup irrelevant. (laughs) 
Um, I just want to have fun. <laughs> ripping through these trades. Um, we'll just talk about the big ones. Kyle Parmeri and Travis Zajac to the Islanders. Yeah, I mean, I think I knew that they were out on the Felino trade once they made that. The cap money just doesn't work anymore. Um, in a perfect world, I would have loved to have seen the New York Islanders pick up Nick Felino over the Maple Leafs. But... Yeah, because the Leafs are a bunch of pieces of shit that everyone hates, and I'd love to see them lose. Well, unfortunately, I believe what we talked is Nick Felino really did his best to orchestrate this trade. Like, he really wanted to go to Toronto. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. I think that the New York Islanders have done a pretty good job at replacing Anders Lee with those two players. I don't think they've done the best. I think they. I think Nick Felino replaces Anders Lee, in my opinion. But mm, Anders Lee's a little bit better, better shot. Oh, he's a, he he a is a little bigger. bit better. I think I think it's just the intangibles that he brings to a player. When your captain is out, you want to bring in a. I guess you yeah. know what Zad Zajac and Palmieri both have pretty strong leadership skills in the jersey. I don't know who's on the New Jersey Devils anymore besides Jack Hughes and Subi, PK Subban, the Subinator. <laughs> um, but those are like the only two people. I, Travis Zajac's the most Jersey name i can think like he's been on that team for yeah like a decade yeah for sure he's like patrick eliash who i don't, I don't know any of them oh jamie langenbrunner <laughs> remember scott stevens Fuck. those are the those are oh. the years scott stevens just taking liberties with everyone's futures by giving them post-concussion symptoms ruining there's their always like careers after hockey <laughs> I would just love to make, like, a video of just, like, Scott Stevens having to play in the 2021 NHL, where he just, like, levels one guy, gets, like, a 40-game suspension. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember that fucking suspension that Tom Wilson got on Sunquist? It was a name like that. Oh, um, that was long. That was a long game. It was, like, was 25 long... games, and it was in the it was in the, the preseason. Tom Wilson just <laughs> exploded this helpless Columbus Blue Jackets player. <laughs> so unnecessary. Like, you think Barry Trotz is just sitting there being like, why? Like, we didn't need you to do that for us. It's irrelevant game. He's Tom. He, he, yeah. Tom just gains speed and then crushes someone. I have a very funny story to tell for the audience out there. I had a friend who I was in college with, and we were watching the Leafs play the Caps. And, uh, he was just kind of like, his his roommate came in and was like, hey, is that Tom? And my roommate was like, yeah, like my friend was like, yeah, that's, uh, that's Tom. And I'm just like, oh, do you know Tom Wilson? And he said, yeah, he used to bully me in high school. <laughs> that makes sense. Pretty it's much like the... everyone else. <laughs> he looks like the prototypical jock like like jock from like the high school right movies like if he saw you wearing a hat he'd flick your hat off give you a wedgie oh man tell you you're he's not invited absolutely to the kegger. thrown a human yeah he's absolutely thrown a human being into a garbage can oh for sure swirlies <laughs> you name it um taylor hall on oh, yeah. the boston bruins what do you think Oh, what I love about this trade, it just speaks volumes to how calamitous the Buffalo Sabres are as an yeah. organization. Yeah. Taylor like, Hall what? received the same trade value as Sam Bennett. Eggs Benny. That's, it's insane. A second rounder and a decent prospect. 
It's because their regular season selves are miles apart. But then you look at the season oh, Taylor man. Hall has been having, and you look at how in the past Sam Bennett does uh, turn it on in the playoffs, plays super intense, then their values do sort of equal out. When you look at Tyler, Taylor Hall is a huge wild card right now. No one knows, which is so weird because he won the heart three years ago. But um, I, yeah, it's, it's, no one really knows what to expect. It's such a challenge. It must be crazy to try and actually navigate a trade call if you're Kevin Adams. Because what other GM is just looking at you being like, why are you even calling me to ask for a trade for a guy who's got two goals and he's paid $8 million? Yeah. Like, like uh, what do I do with that? You know? But yeah. it's like, I think they knew very quickly that no one was going to give him a first. No one was going to give him a first. It's just it's not worth it. Like, they all agreed as a league. They're like, yeah, these guys are fucked. <laughs> Let's no one do yeah. it. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I I, uh, I mean, I, I'm blown away. But it's the it's the product of the flat cap era, right? I mean, could be the, could be the steal of the Could be the steal of the deadline, though. Yeah. It could be. I mean, and if you... Oh, my I, God. I mean... How great would it be if Toronto was out first round? After they gave up their first, we... it's it, it really it really is entirely possible. That's the cra- that's what I love so much about the NHL is that it's art. It's definitively the best team in the division. I think everyone can probably agree that the yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs, on paper, are the best team by quite a bit in the North Division, and they could lose in the first round, no problem. But seven game totally series, see them. Montreal, they win they win the lucky one, and they're sort of like, oh no. Are we going to do this again? Are we actually going to fuck this up again after all our fans and the media starts giving them shit and they start cowering in and their captain, Tavares, starts being depressed? I think I've I've had talks with people. We think he's depressed. He doesn't look happy there. He looks, I mean, lately he looks fine. But um, Mm -hmm. I think a little pressure on him and he breaks and then the whole house of cards falls down, baby. Yeah. I could just, like, could you imagine him just, like, having, like, a huge tantrum in the locker room? That would actually be, like, one of the funniest things. Like, <laughs> behind the scenes, a... he's just, like, out of his mind. He seems like a pussy, not gonna lie. I mean, all due respect to his great NHL career, he seems like a pussy. You heard it, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> um... uh, but, yeah, I think at the end of the day, every Leafs player, is or every Leafs fan, is under the impression that... Montreal is not catching Edmonton or Winnipeg, and Calgary and Vancouver are not catching Montreal. So this is a pretty foregone conclusion that Toronto's going to be playing Montreal, unless something I mean, crazy happens. Yeah, there's a very good chance of it happening, and I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, and I think every Leafs fan is just going to see the drop of the puck. They're not going to look at Matthews versus Dano. They're going to look at Freddie Anderson versus Carey motherfucking price you think freddie plays over uh campbell who's their their savior right I now mean, he's the thing is this is the challenge with backup goaltenders if he lose if he so he lost against montreal so he's going to be 11 1 0 if he loses like one or two more games anderson's back in net yeah do you know the deal with his injuries right now though they've been very uh coy yeah not... they've been very quiet yeah, they're not revealing and the Lord's Ma- injury. And them acquiring David Riddick is another thing that I'm kind of just like, okay, so what are you not telling us? Yeah, exactly. The fact that they got a goalie, that's big save, though. 
Big Save Dave. Big Save Dave. Can Big Save Dave. Man. He can make a difference, yeah. and he can steal a series. I'll well, this is what that. I mean, right? I don't. I don't think I've. It's. It's crazy to say because he's not. He's. He's probably like their third string goaltender at this point. But he might be the guy that I'm more confident in being. Just like, oh yeah, he can totally win this for you. Yeah. Um... Yeah, they have they have a lot of goaltenders. Man, the thing is, I see Freddie Anderson. He's so good positionally. I used to be. I used to think he was a great goaltender. Like they didn't know what they had when they were always shitting on him, telling him to leave, and they think he sucks. But he does get like shaken easily. Like you can tell when he's rattled and he starts letting easy goals and and I could see that's a terrible thing to have in a goaltender. Carey Price doesn't give a fuck if he lets five goals in. He's no, like, he yeah, doesn't. he's like, yeah, leave me, and I feel like writing this one out let's see what happens yeah yeah I, I i kind of get that similar sense right and it reminds me freddie anderson reminds me a lot of mark andre Fleury when he was in his final days as a penguin you remember he was letting like a beach ball in at yeah. that point yeah and it was purely a head thing it wasn't anything else mark andre Fleury is one of the best goaltenders in the past 50 years easily and he is hot take this is a hot i take. think so yeah. How many cups? How many cups has he won? How many cup finals has he been to? Like he's backed so many teams to it. Yeah, like he's incredible. I think it's just more. And so when that type of thing happens, where it's just like you're letting in, so, like it's a seven game series, right? It's you gotta make the decision quick. I I know all of these goaltenders are on short leashes because they've got four actually. They've got Freddie Anderson. They've got Big Save Dave. They've got Jack Campbell, and they also have Michael Hutchison. Hutchinson's garbage. They none of them want to play Hutchinson. He's played one game and he had a shutout. Oh, we're all so impressed. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> no one. You don't want Hutchinson in that as your go-to. Well, guy. I know you don't want that's, him. That's a tough situation think, to be in. Um, I think a lot Kyle Dubas is shitting on Joe Thornton. Don't think he's done enough. I love Jum- Jumbo Joe. He's my favorite player of all yeah. time. Yeah, I um, think those players, those guys should watch their mouths, man. Yeah, Jumbo might come to your house, beat the shit out of you, and then Probably stroke bang off one of your on you. Relatives. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, are you kidding? Like he will. instantly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess we'll talk about the Habs quick. Gustafson, what do you think about that guy? For a seventh round pick. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I uh, I haven't really looked at. It's, it's Eric Gustafson, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I think he's like a helpful piece, but I mean, I don't really think it's what Montreal needs. I mean, it's a good depth piece. I'm like, I'm he's sort of like, like he's sort of like a seventh defenseman. And if things aren't going, um, if they're really struggling to put the puck in the net, they let him play because he's he's a good power play guy. He can snap it around on the PP. Sixty point season. Uh. Four seasons ago with the Blackhawks. Does that Whoa, blow your holy mind? shit. Yeah, look him up on DB. He had a fucking 60-point season. 17 goals, 43 assists for 60 points. Wow, okay. I mean, I stand corrected, clearly, that he has potential, right? But, man. I mean, no one no one believes like... he's still that player, though, unfortunately. He was just traded for yeah, the he's... seventh round. Yeah, he bounced around because, yeah, that seemed to be a pretty interesting anomaly, right? It's also like, I think he's having a problem with maybe staying healthy a little bit, too. But Yeah. 
But I like it. He's got, he, you know what? Actually, I will say this. He's got 10 points in 24 games. As a 7th D, that's pretty respectable. Yeah, right? exactly. Super respectable. Yeah. yeah. So I like it. Good for yeah. Montreal. Yeah. How big um, is he? I don't know. How big is this boy? He's, he's um, six, 6 feet 197. 6 feet 197. You said it first, but I said it also. It's yeah. big enough, right, Chris? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like double the size of anyone else in Montreal besides Josh Anderson. So it's like Josh good. Anderson's a rig. He's a rig and a half. He's a big boy. We're, I don't know if you guys know this at this point. We're both big fans of Josh Anderson. He is a big rig. I think yep. he's handsome also. I think, um, I don't know. I just have a lot of good things to say about him. Yeah. I'm trying to think about what we want to do for playoff conversation because i'm thinking like do you think any team has gone through the deadline and put themselves in the conversation to be more of a competitive team or do you think the Um, top teams are still the top teams let me check the standings right now make sure i don't sound like a dumbass when i give me hot takes um you know what I'm going to go charge my computer real quick. I'm just going to grab it. We'll just cut this. Okay, I'll leave it running. Was it? <laughs> okay, um, you were asking me about if trade deadline did anything to change a team from... Uh, Bad boys to good boys. I don't know who made who made the big moves. I think Boston helps them. Helps their offense. Helps them really solidify that uh, fourth spot. Not that any of those teams were going to take that away from them. I guess. Yes, um, seriously. There's a big drop off yeah. after Boston. Pretty uh, clearly. Did Nashville do anything? No, they didn't. Hey, but they were they were going to be sellers, and nope. then they decided not to be. So let's see if that pans out. Well, they stuck around, right? They were really shit for the longest time, and then ugh, they had a resurgence, right? But they're not out of the woods, man. Like, Dallas, Columbus, Chicago can yeah, all Chicago still catch them. Yeah, Chicago can win some games. Like, they, they can just win games against very good teams, it seems, randomly. Hey, look look at them yeah. last year with Edmonton, you know? Um, Minnesota got someone, didn't they? Or am I just lying to myself? I don't think anything immediate. Well, I'm an idiot then. I don't know. What's your What's your take on this? Who do you think made a, a season-changing move here? I mean, Vegas always seems so active during the deadline. And a guy like Matthias Janmark doesn't look like... You know, I, I still think that it's like a great pickup for them like they every time they seem to make one or two moves that always makes them more competitive you know i will say i'm very impressed with how george mcphee has run that team so far i mean they're competitive every year every year i mean it says a lot about the way the so the expansion draft is structured that like if you get the seventh best forward and the whatever fourth best d on every team you can actually make a solid team no i mean i i don't think i think colorado maybe could have done a little bit more but i I mean they're still just so they're so talented as a team i mean 
Vegas is is fantastic. I mean, that I, that's my... If if they weren't in the same division, that would really be my Western Conference matchup. Chris, who do you think is the cutest boy on Colorado? Okay, well, I mean, it still has to be Landeskog, right? <laughs> Good call. I put you on the spot there, and you came out with the right answer. Like, um, but I don't think that's exclusive. You want to keep going? I, I, okay, I, go I, don't, I don't think that's exclusive to the Avalanche, though. Like, look, I know that like conventionally, Gabe Landeskog show show me a cuter boy right now. You think he's an all-time cutie in the league? Right now? Like, who else? Shit, you have a type, and it's blonde boys. Oh, you mean, like, conventionally um... attractive, cute boys? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me Gabe Landeskog isn't the cutest boy in the NHL? Who's who's fighting? No. Alex Wenberg? No. This, this reveals my type, but I think the best-looking guy in the NHL is Tom Wilson. Oh, Jesus Christ. Who hurt you? <laughs> Sorry. Who hurt you when you He's were a, a kid? Like, <laughs> you don't. You, He's actually a. He's actually a power. You hunk. don't want to. You don't want a cute boy that takes care of you. You want a cute boy that's gonna hurt your feelings. Like that's. <laughs> you know, and that's where like I've gone to therapy, and so I know that the cutest boy is Gabe Landeskog. Tom Wilson is a projection of something. I don't know what's happened, but. <laughs> This guy is like the meanest human being in the NHL. Like I literally just told you a story really, about how he bullied really pretty eyes. about how he bullied my friend and threw people in garbage cans and you're like, "Yeah. <laughs> he's so he's so cute." Like I get. It. I mean, I was, uh, I get. That it. was cutest boys with Chris and James. Yeah. We uh should we what should we wrap up with some what do we want to wrap up with? Yeah, Chris? I will say just before we wrap up, I am very embarrassed that the cutest boy was definitely the most passionate we've been this podcast. But I am. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and Chris are both straight. Not that it matters. Yeah, not that it matters. Or we just admire a cute boy. Yeah, we have both uh, girlfriends. Actually, I don't know if you guys know that. Chris's girlfriend goes to a different school. Yeah, you don't know her. You guys don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh wrapping it up yeah what do you what do you think do you have any sort of major playoff predictions okay here's what i'll say what's who's the first big team that you can see eliminated from the nhl playoffs that's a good question um wouldn't surprise me if boston was out first round Mm -hmm. but i mean they're in fourth they just don't seem to have it New York Islanders, I think, can can go deep. Wouldn't shock me if Washington was out first round. That could be so stupid sounding because they they look so good right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then always, 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 it would never surprise me if Toronto just shit all over their fan base and got <laughs> out in the first round. I get that. You know what? I'm gonna make. But I think I think if they do win the first round, they'll go to the Cup final. They just need to get. It's like a mental thing for them. They have to get past the first round. That'll be a huge weight lifted off them if they can do it, and they'll go to the final, and then who knows what will happen from there. Yeah. I, I know that our inclination is both to say Toronto, and I do agree with that just because of our own personal biases and, you know, general history and statistics, but I think it's also... I'd be remiss if I didn't look at one of these West Division teams, and I wouldn't be surprised if either Colorado or Vegas went out in the first round, but I think Vegas could get booted in the first round. What don't you like about Vegas? It's, they seem to play so tough. It's not that I don't every single like. I think it's more so 
this is an incredibly competitive division that they're playing in. And the St. Louis Blues... You like Minnesota? I like Minnesota, man. Like, I think that they can do something. I, I'm not saying that... Minnesota is interesting. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's it, it's it's a guarantee, but I think this is a team that can really give people a run for their money. I watched them a lot last year for the Canucks. I mean, Kevin Fiala is incredible. Jordan Greenway is, like, a fantastic young player. Like, they've got some really good pieces. Jer- He's a big boy, yeah. hey, Greenway? Yeah. Oh, he's huge, man. I don't know. I don't I don't know much about him. I I've, I've just seen a picture of him and I'm like, "Oh man, he looks he looks like a big boy." Yeah, let me just take a look for you. Uh I think he might be like 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. <laughs> good for him. Yeah, 6'6". Six, six. That's what Shout he out is. to his parents. Yeah, good for you guys, man. Way to be tall. Oh, yeah, he's he's procreate. he's 6'6", six six, 245 pounds. That is a big rig. That's a big boy. So yeah. That I don't know what I was going to say. Well, <laughs> go on. <laughs> well, that's a great way to wrap, I think. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, I think before we go, I think we'd be remiss to not let our followers know once again where they can find us on TikTok. This growing social media platform needs to be shared. It's Line Brawl Pod, and it's the hottest hockey content in the market right now, bar none. Make sure that when you guys hear this to continue following us on Spotify, follow us on TikTok. We're going to be breaking into some live stream content soon, so we're really hoping that you're going to be able to see our beautiful faces soon. But in the meantime, you're just going to have to deal with our soothing voices. We both have very soothing voices, baby. I hope that you all have a fantastic week. Well, this is Jimmy G, Jimmy Hockey signing off. And, uh, yeah, like what Chris said, have a fantastic week. Follow us on our social medias. Take care, everybody. Bye.